Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this awesome time, the privilege we have of being able to come together to study and fellowship around your word. I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on my limited human abilities to minister to these, your people, but I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, because you are the most qualified teacher. Therefore, I submit myself to you that you may speak through my mouth to every heart, removing fear and confusion. Thank you, Lord. The supernatural recall of the scriptures. And I believe your word will flow accurately with power and anointing and hindered by any demonic force in Jesus' mighty name. I declare that every heart is prepared and every ear is anointed to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to them. Thank you, Father, for this word that changes our lives. And we give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name for what the word is doing in our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, turn to two people and say, I'm ready to receive the word of God. Well, I said two people, but I only heard you talk once. So it's like, uh, this one does not deserve me to tell them. <laughs> only this one, not the other one. Are you guys well? God is good, amen? All right. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number three. Um, if you want the title of my message, I, I scratched out the title a few times because I was wondering what was what's best to call this word. So I ended up um, deciding on this title, Burning for God. Burning for God. Amen. Um, I wanted to call do not retreat. I'm like, nah, do not retreat, nah. And I wanted to call it on fire for God. I'm like, nah, like burning for God sounds good. Amen? Now, Revelations chapter number 3, we're going to read verse 15 and 16. Uh, it says in verse 15, Jesus says, I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. But I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Isn't that harsh? Why didn't you put this one somewhere in the middle after you have made us comfortable? That's the problem. We don't like comfort too much. Amen. Jesus says, I know your work. Say this. Say, Jesus says he knows my works. That is verse 15. Go back to 15. Go back to 15. He says, I know your works. And he says that you are neither cold nor hot. In other words, Jesus says, I, I can't figure out what's happening with you. I don't know what's going on with you. Because you are not cold. And at the same time, you are still not hot. Then he says, I wish you could make up your mind and be either cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So as much as Jesus wants us to be on fire for him, he still leaves it up to us to make the choice. He says, I wish you were cold or hot. I, I don't want you to be in between. I wish you were cold or hot. Now, I wrote here in my notes that cold means not saving God and not involved in, in anything regarding God. So when we are cold, we, we, we're not working with God. We're not involved in, in God things. We are not saving God. We're just living our, our own lives. We're doing whatever we want, however we want it, whenever we want to do. There's no God in our lives. Then we are cold. Being hot means we are on fire for Jesus. And we are serving him passionately. Amen? We are on fire for Jesus and we are serving him passionately. So Jesus says, I wish you were either cold or hot. Go to the next verse. Then he says, so then, because you are neither cold or hot, because you are lukewarm, you are tasteless. 
So since you are tasteless in your lukewarm, I will spit you out. How many of you guys have enjoyed a lukewarm tea? How does a lukewarm tea taste like? If you ask someone to give you water and you, you're thirsty and they give you lukewarm water, what happens? You feel like spitting it out, right? You're like, no, 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 man. Bring me cold water. Because lukewarm water does not taste good. So Jesus says, even you, because you are not cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, you don't taste good to me. So I spit you out. At least the one who's cold, I can help them bring them the fire. And the one that is hot, I can work with them. But the one that's lukewarm, that is undecided, the one that does not know where they belong, what they want, whether they want to serve God or not, he says, you are tasteless, so I spit you out. So then, because I lukewarm, which means you are neither cold or hot, I will vomit, not even spit. He says, vomit, spit is an understatement. Vomit you out. Hello? Imagine that Jesus, you're going to pray, say, Heavenly Father, <laughs> Hello? I don't know, but that's what the Bible says, right? So imagine asking God for help, and then he just goes like, no, wasn't it? Wasn't it? That's not nice, right? And what makes God to be like that? Because we are neither hot or cold. Say this, say, God wants me on fire for him. Let's go to Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua 24, right? I can't find Joshua in my Bible. Dean, where is Joshua? So God is like, make up your mind. Joshua 24, verse 15. Are you there? And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua says, make up your mind. So Joshua also said the same thing. He said, make up your mind whom you will serve. What are you going to serve those that your ancestors were serving, your forefathers were serving, that's up to you. You choose. Is that me or somewhere there? All right. You choose who you're going to serve. But Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So in other words, you can choose what we want to do, but I have my mind made up and my mind is made up that me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's so amazing how a lot of people get distracted in their journey with the, with the Lord. If your journey with God gets distracted, child of God, then your mind is not yet made up. You have not made up your mind. You're probably trying this Jesus thing out. You're probably trying this Christian thing out. But once your mind is made up that I will serve the Lord, nothing that happens to you will get you to stop serving God. Hello? So Joshua says, as for me and my house, I don't know what you do. I don't know what's moving you, but as for me and my house, this is what we have decided, and this is what we have chosen, and we will do what? Serve the Lord. What is it that will cause you to stop saving God, child of God? Think about it. Take a moment and think, what is it that will be able to stop me from saving God? What is it that the devil can do that will make me stop saving God? What can he do to distract me from this God that I serve? And all of us have been through stuff. 
If you are a child of God, you're going to go through stuff. Because when you give your life to Jesus, you are declaring war with the kingdom of darkness. And the devil is not going to just sit by and watch you serve God passionately. He's going to attack you. He's coming after you. He's been coming after you. So all of us, we are probably in a situation right now where we're fighting the devil or we just came from a fight where we are fighting the devil or we headed to one. So we are in either one of three places. You are either just came out of a challenge or you're probably in the midst of a challenge or you are headed towards one. Hello? So whatever challenge that you are facing, which one will succeed in stopping you from saving God? I ask this question because there are so many that I started with and they are not saving God no more. And I keep asking myself, Lord, what is it that is stopping them? Probably none of my, my day is coming. Who knows? <laughs> Hello? So I've got to make sure that whatever it is that succeeded to stop them from saving God, it won't succeed with me. I don't regard myself to be better than them. I'm just saying, Lord, whatever it is that made them fall, let it not make me fall too. On Friday, Pastor Tobani had an accident coming to prayer meeting. Some people will stop saving God. Lord, foot in toilet accident. This God does not work. <laughs> Are you with me? So yesterday I went to go see him. And I was so blessed. Can you, I, was, I was going there to go and encourage them, you know. Because, you know, the Bible says we must not be ignorant of the devil's strategies. So I'm like, you know, this devil, he wants to distract my people here. You know, God's people. All right? So let me go and encourage them. Now, I got there. How? Pastor Lizan and his wife, they had their friends there. They were having a good time. They were laughing. I mean, I did not even have an opportunity to open the Bible. You know, they were in a good mood, and, and, and everything was just so nice. We had a good meal right there. I was like, maybe the Lord wanted me to go have some good chow, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it was so great. And then, really, what that spoke to me, it as I, and I was sharing it with him, and I said, you know, seeing the joy that you have in your heart and how relaxed and how unmoved and shaken you are, this is it's a reflection to me of the work of God in your life. It is in, it is in times like this where we actually see the work of God in our lives where we don't build our houses in the midst of the storm, but our houses are built so that when the storm comes, they won't be shaken. So many times when ch children of God go through challenges, that's when we want to run up and down and try to get into the scriptures, get into prayer meetings. Uh-uh. When challenges come your way, they must find you prayed up. They must find you word up. They must find you saving up. They must find you fire up. It's not the time to run to scriptures. No, that's not the time to build. It's supposed to be built already. So it's pointless to run through the scriptures. I will discourage you from running to scriptures in the midst of trouble. It's too late. You're supposed to draw from what's already within Draw from already what's within. Because when pressure comes, what's in the inside of you is what will come out. And if you, if you don't have the word in you, there'll be no word coming out of you when pressure hits. What happens to you when pressure hits? What do you do when the devil attacks? When sickness strikes your family, what happens? When someone that you did not think they would die, they die. What happens? My best friend, Pastor Sylvanas, died because of COVID. I think the next Sunday I was on the pulpit preaching. Preaching very happy. Unmoved. Yes, it hurt me. But we are not moved by challenges. 
And we will not stop saving God because of challenges. Why do we stop saving God because of challenges? When Jesus said, in this world, you will face many of them. I don't understand what happens to us as believers. What Jesus said, when it happens, we get shocked. He said, in this world, you will face tribulations. But be of what? Good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. But when challenges hit us, we are all over the place as if Jesus never said we will face challenges. He said, don't be moved. Be of good cheer. But no, we are not of good cheer. We panic. We stress. We curse. We stop coming to church. Jesus says, be of good cheer when challenges hit you. You want another scripture? Uh, trials. What does the scripture concerning trials? Various trials. Count it all joy when you face what? Trials of many kinds. What kind of trials? I don't know, accident on a Friday going to prayer meeting. What kind of trials? I don't know, a loved one dying. I don't know. What kind of trials? I don't know, fire burning on your wedding day. I don't know. What kind of trial? Find it, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Losing a job. Hey, joy. Sickness. Hey, <laughs> joy. Hello. No money in the bank. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Applied for an interview. It sounded like I got the job. I mean, it looked like I got a job, but I've got to respond that I did not get a job. Hey, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Many kinds, in, in, in other words, all types of trials, all types of attacks, all types of challenges. Whatever challenge hits you, let it find you joyful. Respond with joy. Be of good cheer. Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. In other words, let nothing move you, child of God. Let nothing move you. Let nothing shake you. Say, I'm unshakable. I'm unmovable. A child of God is supposed to only be moved by one thing and one thing only, the word. Say, the word of God moves me. So Joshua says, choose this day who you will serve. Because as for me... And my house, we have made up our minds. We will serve the Lord. Will you serve the Lord even though there's no provision? We will serve the Lord. You Will you serve the Lord even though things are not going well? We will serve the Lord. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. Will you serve the Lord even when you're broke? I will serve the Lord. It's better to serve the Lord broke than not serve God with broke. <laughs> Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose. Do what? Do what? Choose. Say, God has given me the freedom to choose. We are not robots, right? We are free moral agents, meaning we have the right to choose. He says, choose. Where is it? Choose life. Why? That both you and descendants may live. But I want to show you that this is a choice. You see, many times we want to serve God because, you know, we feel the presence of God. It's good to feel the presence of God. But don't serve God because you feel the presence of God. Serve God because you have chosen to love God. Hello? You see, the presence of God is a cherry on top of the cake. It's not the cake. There are times where we don't feel his presence. So my faith in God is not in his presence. My faith in God is in the fact that he said he will never leave me nor forsake me. And I know he's with me even when I don't feel him. If it's, a, if it's based on a feeling, it won't be consistent because feelings come and go. But it's not based on what I feel. 
is based on what I know. The Bible says it's been written that I may what? Know. So I know what he saved. You find people say, I don't, God, where are you? You have left me. You're far away from me. That is unscriptural because he said he will never leave nor forsake you. Whenever we don't feel God, it's not God that moved. It's us that moved. Amen, family? So he says here, yeah, choose. Go to James 1. James 1. James chapter 1. Look at verse 6 till 8. Let's start from 5. Verse 5, James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. From God who gives all, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. How must we ask? Say, I must ask in faith. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So if you do not know what faith is, he goes on to explain no doubting. Because it's either you are in doubt or you are in faith. He says, let him ask in faith. You know, sometimes when you go to God to ask for things, we don't really believe that the thing we're about to ask God for, he will do. We don't believe in it. We don't believe that God will do it. So we're just taking it. Let me just, let me just try this thing out. Let me just take a chance. Maybe God, if he's in a good mood, he will answer me. No, 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 no. When we go to God, we must know. He who comes to God must do what? Know. Must know. So he says here, let him ask in faith with no doubting. Why? Because. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. In other words, the one who is in doubt, you, we, we can't trace them. We don't know whether they are coming or going. The one who is in doubt, we don't know whether they are hot or cold. Hello? Continue. So what happens with that kind of person? He says, for let not that man, which man? The one that is undecided. The one that is in doubt, the one with no faith, let that man, let not that man suppose or let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, could this be the reason why certain things that we've asked from the Lord have not come to pass because we were asking in doubt? I don't know. I'm just asking based on the scripture because if I was going to go into some time of trying to figure out why has my prayers not been answered? Could this be one of the reasons that probably I've been asking in doubt, not in faith? I don't know. Tell me. Do you guys think this could be a reason? That the reason why our prayers are not answered is because we have not been asking in faith? Talk to me now. Do you think so? Because he said, if we are not in faith, if we are in doubting, we should not think or suppose that we will receive anything from the Lord. Say this to me. Say, with, when I doubt, I will receive nothing from the Lord. So this thing is not by chance. It's intentional. It's intentional. So in other words, when I go to God to ask God for something, I need to know that what I'm asking I have, I will have. I need to know. It should not be a case of, I wonder if God will do this for me. If, if you have that, I wonder if God will do it. Don't ask him. Don't ask him. So in other words, before you even pray about something, you should examine yourself. Am I willing to do what it takes to, to, to see this thing come to pass? Do I really believe what I'm about to ask God for? You know some people when their prayers are not... <laughs> when their prayers don't get answered, they're not surprised. <laughs> Think about it. They actually get surprised when the prayers get answered. And it's supposed to be the other way around. We should be surprised when our prayers are not answered. And when our prayers are answered, we should be relaxed because we expected it. But we see children of God, when prayer gets answered, they lose their mind. It's like a miracle. Miracles should not move us. 
should be our lifestyle. A miracle is a sign to the unbeliever, not to the believer. Hello? But no, children of God, well, he said, hey, there's a prophet full of miracles coming. Hey, you won't see them here. They're running for, we're chasing after miracles. Miracle chasers. Now, there's nothing wrong with miracles. God performs miracles. We believe in miracles, but we don't chase after them. We chase after the word. Go for the word. Amen? Tell the person to say, say, go for the word. We chase after the word. Because locked up in that word is a miracle. <laughs> Hello? Now, we should decide, family, who we're going to serve. We should decide who we're going to do what? Serve. Now, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the presence of God like we do today. The presence of God was in the temple in the, in the, in the Old Testament, remember? And uh, it was in the temple behind the veil there in the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. Um, and a priest used to go in there once a year and stuff like that. So God's presence was in the temple. But today, let's go to Acts 7. Let's find out if it's still the case. Acts chapter 7, we're going to read verse 47. It says, but Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Go to Acts 17. Look at verse 24. Acts 17. Verse 24. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and, in, and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So, so is God in a building? Say, 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 God is not in a building no more. So where is he? Go to 1 Corinthians 6. Where does he dwell? He used to dwell in the temple, but he's no more dwelling in the temple. So where does he dwell now? Ex 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. It says here, all do you not know that your body, say my body, is the temple of God. He says here, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Say this with me. Say, I am a God carrier. Say, God dwells in me. So, say, my body is his dwelling place. Is his resting place. If you think about your body, your temple, do you think God will rest? <laughs> is that a good place for God to rest? Amen, family? Now, he's in you. What is he there for? He said he's, cho he's chosen our bodies to be his temple. Now, I, I don't know, you know, we, we take these things lightly, but for me, this really, 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 it encourages me. It really encourages me to know that God lives in me, that I'm a God carrier. Now, in the Old Testament, God gave a command that um, for his presence to continually be present in the temple, they had to keep the altar burning with fire. And that fire was not supposed to be put out. It was supposed to be 
burning all the time so that his presence will remain. Go to Leviticus. Leviticus. Old Testament, Hey, hey, Pastor Abi never opens the Old Testament. Hey, Nile. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the heath upon the altar all night until morning. How long must it be? How long must it be burning? All night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Think about it. Shall be kept what? Burning on it. Go to verse 12. Verse 12. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. Look at verse 12. We are, that was verse 12, verse 13. Verse 13. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never be put out. Why? Because God wanted his presence to remain. That altar was for the purpose of the presence of God to remain. Now, if that fire was to be put out, then the presence of God won't be there. So God wanted this altar to be burning continuously, consistently. Now, what about us today? The fire of God is the same way. It should not be put out from our hearts. Our hearts are supposed to be on fire for the Lord continuously, consistently, all the time, always. Always. There should never be a time whereby we are not on fire for God, where we are not burning for God. We should be burning for God throughout, all the time. No matter what happens. Say, I must burn for God, no matter what happens. Ask your neighbor, are you burning for God? What, what, what are you burning for? Child of God, when we continually burn for God, I promise you, no challenge, no challenge, no challenge will defeat you. You know why you defeated most of the time? You're not burning for God. You're not on fire for Jesus. When you're on fire for Jesus, nothing moves you. There's no way anything can move you. Because when you're on fire for God, the presence of God is burning in the inside of you. What do you think when you face challenges? What's the first thing that comes into your mind when things don't go well? When the challenge hits you, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Do you get angry? Do you lose yourself? Do you get irritated? Do you get offended? What happens? It's only through challenges we'll be able to, de to determine whether we're on fire for God or not. Mr. Lizani, what was the first thing that came into your heart or out of your mouth when you hit that car on Friday on your way to prayer? In fact, he said something very powerful yesterday. When we're sitting. Now, 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 he says, after hitting that car, everything uh, shut. Like the car switched off. Um, it immediately, you know, put on the hazards. You know, his car put on the hazards on its own. He was very impressed. He did not know. You know? The airbags came off and everything. He said everything went blank. And he says, one thing that I was so shocked. Of. He says, because I was on my way to prayer, I had praise and worship playing. I don't know if he was not on his way to prayer, what would he be playing? But, then, but that's what he said. You know? He said, because I was on my way to prayer, we had praise and worship playing. And I was so shocked that everything in the car went off 
but the music kept playing. I said, that radio is on fire for the Lord. <laughs> That, that radio is on fire for Jesus. Yeah? It will not be turned out. Hello? It won't be turned down. It kept on playing. It kept on playing. What happens to you, child of God, when you hit another challenge, when you hit another obstacle? Do you continue serving the Lord? Do you continue singing praises? Do you continue serving in church? Oh, you'd be called, you would have called me today and tell me, Pastor, I had an accident on Friday. I can't come to church. Here he is sitting and listening to the word. Why do challenges stop us from doing what we committed in doing? Hello? No, tell me. Why do challenges stop us from doing what we are committed in doing? Then we, are, we were never committed. We were never committed. Why do we want God to commit to us but we don't commit to him? No, his grace, his grace. No, trail and the grace alone, man. Hello? His grace is not supposed to make us lazy. His grace is supposed to empower us to be effective Christians. I want to give you four things quickly. Four things to keep your fire burning. Bamba lelela. Degabatin. Angazi kuti minale 15 ile angiboni kuti ba by draw, by color, by anything. I'm But in selling in 15 minutes. I don't know when did this thing come. So I'll assume it just came now. Because <laughs> I just saw it now. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number four. 2 Corinthians chapter number four. Um, are you there? Now look at, look at verse eight. Tell the person next to you, you're going to love verse 8. Verse 8 says, we are hard-pressed on every side. <laughs> In other words, Bashayangapa, 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 Nangapa, Nangapa, Bashayongindao. We are hard-pressed where? Come on, help me. We are hard-pressed where? On every side. Yet, we are what? You guys are not saying it as confident as you're supposed to. Come on. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not. We are perplexed, yet not. Continue. Verse what? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Huh? Persecuted, but not what? Remember, he said he will never leave nor forsake us. So even when we are persecuted, he's still there. Listen, Angeti, he lives in the inside of you. Angeti, you are his carrier. So when you go through whatever you're going through, you're going through with it with him. <laughs> you see, there's a difference going through what you're going through alone and going through what you're going through with him. And it's not just going through, you're not just going through with it with him, you're going through with it well, he is in you. Where is he? In you. <laughs> you are what? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down. Hello? How many of you guys have been struck down in your life? I, I can write a book about how many times I've been struck down. But, but not destroyed. You know, there comes a time where right now we have bosoms because eh, 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 in the mirror tomorrow. What destroys me? Hello? When will I stop saving this Jesus? That fire inside you will not let you. That fire will not let you stop saving Jesus. Even if you wanted to, that fire won't allow you to. You won't be at peace. You will not be, I declare that you will never be in peace whenever you decide not to serve God anymore. May the Lord not give you rest until you come back into fellowship with him. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Stay where you're supposed to be. Serve where you're supposed to serve. Pray when you're supposed to pray. Get into the world all the time. The next one. It says here, we are always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. 
that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. The life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. The life of an overcomer may be manifest. How do you become an overcomer without challenges? Hello? We keep confessing. We are more than conquerors. But you don't want to overcome. When challenges come, you run away. When challenges come, you don't serve God anymore. When things happen in your life, you retreat. Yet you keep claiming, I'm more than an overcomer. What have you overcome? What are you overcoming? We overcome temptations. We overcome challenges. We overcome sickness and disease. We overcome demons. We overcome whatever the devil throws at us. We overcome unwanted thoughts. We overcome unwanted desires. We overcome these things with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We stick by the word. We, we, we are on fire for Jesus. We are overcomers. Because the fire of God is living in the inside of us. The presence of God. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. Same, same chapter. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't what? We don't give up. We don't stop this thing. We don't back down. We don't apologize. Hello? We don't apologize for believing in God. We don't apologize for saving Jesus. We do not lose heart, even though our outward man may be perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day because fire is there. Because there's a fire that's burning in the inside. Inside, I'm renewed day by day. Inside, I'm strengthened day by day. Inside, day by day. Hello? Day by day. This fire is burning in the inside. What's burning in the inside of you, child of God? Day by day. Day by day. Now, quickly. Four ways to keep the fire burning in your heart. It's things you know. I'm just reminding you. I'm just reminding you, things you know. Open your Bible to John, the book of John. The book of John. John chapter 4, right? Verse 23 and 24. John 4, 23, 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, The first thing to keep the fire burning, you must become a worshiper. A worshiper of God. Now listen to what he says. He says, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper, what, what kind of worshipers? What kind of worshipers? So if the Bible talks about true worshipers, what does that mean? Does it mean that there may be worshipers yet not true? Right? There's, 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 there's a difference there. If he's going to talk about true worshippers, it's suggesting to us that there may be worshippers, there may be worshippers, but they may not be true worshippers. So the Bible says, when true worshippers will worship the Father in two ways. He says they will worship the Father how? In spirit and in what is truth? Say this. Say the word of God is truth. Now to worship God in truth is to worship him in line with his word. 
And what is to worship in spirit? Because verse 24 says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must. It's a, it's a command. They must do what? Worship him in what? Spirit and in? In truth. How many of you guys know how to pray in the spirit? Or you want me to put it this way? How many of you guys know how, how to pray in tongues? Do you know that you can worship in the spirit? You know that you can worship in the spirit? We're going to take a moment in a few minutes and we're going to worship in the, in the spirit. We're going to call the band to come in the, in the front and we're going to worship in spirit. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 15. Paul says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. And then he says, I will sing with the Spirit. And I will also sing with their understanding. So what is to pray with their understanding? Come now, help me. What is to pray with their understanding? Say it is to pray with the, with the language the mind can understand. Now what is to pray in the spirit? Now, now, now while you're on that verse, go to verse 2. I mean, while you end the, the chapter, go to verse 2. Verse 2. The Bible says, He who speaks in the tongue or he who speaks in the spirit does not speak to men but to God. All right? For no one understands him because he's not speaking in a language that the mind can understand. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So the Bible says true worshippers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Must worship the Father in spirit. So which means we must worship the Father in tongues. When we speak in tongues, we're speaking directly to God and no one understands us. When we worship in tongues, we do the same. We worship him in spirit. We're worshiping him in tongues. And our worship is directed to him, only him, where he receives it. And it becomes a sweet smelling aroma to him. The second thing that you need to do to keep your fire burning is to do exactly that. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Look at verse 4 of the same chapter. Verse 4. 1 Corinthians 14.4. He who speaks in the spirit, he who speaks in a tongue, edifies himself. Now the word edified means to recharge. All of you guys, you recharge your phone, most of you guys, the whole night. And what do you do when you recharge your phone the whole night? You plug it to a power source, right? To feed your phone with power. And now that your phone is full of battery, you're able to use it the whole day because it's got power. Now, every child of God should consistently pray in the spirit to keep themselves recharged with God's supernatural power. To keep the fire burning in their hearts. Tongues will keep the fire burning in your heart. Praying in the spirit will keep the fire burning in your heart. Praying in the Holy Ghost will keep the fire burning in your heart. Consistently praying in tongues. Let not a day go by where you have not prayed in the spirit. Pray in the spirit while you're driving. Pray in the spirit while you're showering. 
Pray in the spirit while you're cooking. Pray in the spirit while you're doing whatever, whatever activity that you do, do it while praying in the spirit. Wow, 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 you, when you pray in the spirit, you are, you are maintaining fellowship with the presence of God. You're continually in fellowship with the presence of God. Instead of thinking and worrying and occupying your, your, your thoughts with all nonsense, just keep on praying the spirit. For no reason, for no reason, just pray in the spirit all the time. I'm going to this. Pray in the spirit all the time. Because the Bible says when we pray in tongues, we recharge our spirit with God's supernatural power and ability. <laughs> Praise God. Go to Jude, Jude one twenty. So to edify is to recharge. To edify is to, is to build up. Hello. It's to strengthen. Are you with me? God wants us to be strengthened. God wants us to be built up. God wants us to be refreshed. And praying in the Holy Ghost does that. Jude 1.20. Come now. How to keep the fire burning in your heart, in your spirit. In your spirit. Now, the word heart and spirit is used inter interchangeably by the word of God, right? So when he says heart, is referring to the spirit of man. When he says spirit, is referring to the heart of man. So how to keep the fire burning? Now, he says in Jude 20, but you, beloved, who are the beloved? Say, I am the beloved. You, beloved. He says, there's that word again, to edify, to recharge, to build up. He says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? 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 By praying in the Holy Spirit. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. So when I pray in the Spirit, I'm building myself up on my most holy faith. So the faith that you are proud of, build yourself from that faith. Build yourself from that faith up. It's not saying getting faith. It says building yourself up. By praying the Holy Ghost. By praying the Holy Ghost. Number three. I'm not going to give you scriptures on this one. You know. Stay in the word. Don't move from the word. There's so many scriptures. We've, we preach a lot about the importance of the word in, the, in, in this church. Joshua tells us that the word should not depart from our mouths. It should continually be in our, our speech. We should talk about the word all the time. He says if we do that, we'll be able to prove. Amen? Psalm says the word is the lamb to my feet and the light unto my path. Psalm 119, right? 105. The word is your torch. It's your guide in the midst of darkness. When you don't know where to go, the word would be your guide. Don't know what to do with the word would be your direction. If you don't know what to say, the word will be your words. Feel like getting angry? Ignore your feelings. Stop listening to feelings. The fourth thing that we should do to keep our fire burning, never stop not praying, even though it's true, serving. Never stop serving. I know sometimes it's tiring. I know sometimes it feels like you're unappreciated. No one notices. That shouldn't matter. Whether they notice or not, it shouldn't matter. Because you're not doing it for them, right? Never stop serving. Find something to do to contribute in the house of God. Whether it's with your giving, whether it's with your prayers, 
whether it's with cleaning the church, whether it's with whatever that you can find to do, do whether it's in the band, whether it's looking after the kids so that parents can, can, can enjoy the service, whatever it is, find a place where you can give something of you. The last thing. I said phone, eh? It's five. The last thing. Be consistent. To keep the fire burning, be consistent. One day I want to preach about consistency, the power of consistency. Because in the body of Christ, we come and go, man. We are like yo-yos, get it up and down. Friday prayer meeting, people did not come because they were studying for Jesus. Lukewarm. I was expecting Mongezi here to help me pray. No, he was studying for exams. And they say I must understand. I don't understand. I do not understand. Why must an exam stop you from your commitment? But you did not even excuse yourself. To who? How many persons do you have here? Uh, I, need, I need to talk to my pastors about saying no. Because I'm not in Jacob, yes, man. <laughs> saying no. They're too loving. I don't know where they get that spirit from. <laughs> They're too loving. No, no, no. No, no, no. You know what I mean, right? Come as I clarify. Don't assume. No, I won't put the devil in them. Don't worry. Amen. While it's not evil to say no. Sometimes the most godly thing you can say is no. Amen, family? Consistency, guys. Let's be consistent in our walk with Jesus. Are you with me? How many of you guys are consistent at work? You're always showing up every day on time. Without fail. Sometimes even when you are sick. I mean, the day you don't go is when you can feel like, but they still don't trust you. They want, you, they want a sick note. They don't believe you. They don't trust you. Come again? So God does not require a sick note from you. He expects you to come even when you're sick. Pastor Lewis? <laughs> Tell Mama Lewis, we come to church even when we're sick. Just a little cough. Mamela, it must be some serious sickness to keep me in bed and not go to church. No, no, for real. I'm, I'm being... For real. There are times I preach here probably sick. Can't remember, but I think they must have been. In seven years preaching every Sunday. Pastor Linda Umbega Ganjan. There are times I preach here sick, sir. But if you can be trusted with not stopping, there's nothing that God will not do for you. Some of us, we are not called because there's anything really special about us. No, we are only called because of consistency. Because God saw that this one is very consistent. I can trust them with an assignment. They're not going to get challenged and then step out of it. Ah, uh -uh. We keep going on. The righteous man falls seven times and how many times does he get back up again? Seven times. We get up, we dust off our feet and then we still keep going. We do not retreat. We don't give up. We keep going. By again, our poma, they leave the church. We're still going. How? How? Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Yes, Dylan goes... Ningoz is sitting on the edge of his chair, checking whether my doctrine is right. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here this morning and you just heard this word and you know that the Lord is speaking to you in your heart. You know that the Lord is speaking to you in your heart. So I'm not going to do an... Okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do this later on. I asked the band to come. Can the band come? While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, let me do this other altar call first quickly. Um, 